A report by the Los Angeles Unified School District states that more than 76% of their students qualify for the federal free or reduced lunch program, which means that most of them come from struggling households. Factors like the ability to get a meal can prevent many students from getting the quality education they deserve. The Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, was made in an effort to improve how inequality has impacted education, but as it has not done enough, it must be revised. This is very relevant now as the coronavirus pandemic has forced many schools to go online or shut down entirely, leaving many students distressed. In this order, I'll explain some background on educational inequality, how legislation has changed and what my stance is on it, as well as include my community-based learning experience and how coronavirus has affected this overall. There are many factors that can affect the quality of education. To help explain how these factors relate to inequality, I found two different models that tie them all together. The first one is the Sanbordio analytical approach explained by Professor Caroline Hart from the University of Sheffield. This approach is a way of determining the actual ability of a person to have their desired life when many social and economic factors can get in the way. This approach refers to these factors as capital, such as family capital or economic capital. The better the capital, the better one's ability to succeed in their goals. This means that most people need to start with good capital to even have the chance at a better life, even with access to education. The other model is the educated versus uneducated approach by the Journal of Academic Growth, where they claim even the educated face inequality. Since the 1970s, technological progress has made specific skills obsolete, rendering many uneducated workers to push for education. Eventually, this caused the value of a degree to lessen. A college degree, unfortunately, does not guarantee a better future, especially due to debt and if the degree was never used. But how well someone's education benefits them is not always in their control. With that said, education is still the best hope for most people. And since college is not always an option, we must ensure that K-12 education is the best it can be. We can do that by first looking at the legislation put in place for it. According to the U.S. Department of Education, the No Child Left Behind Act, or NCLB, was replaced by ESSA in 2015. As this law is fairly new, there has been much controversy over it. The main thing to know about ESSA is that it took away many of the strict testing requirements of NCLB and gave states more control over funding. What's good about this is that a portion of funding is required to go towards programs that support a well-rounded education, such as career technical education, or CTE, music, and the arts, as explained by Mitchell Copps, who is a manager of the Association of CTE. As someone who went through a CTE program myself, I fully support this requirement that ESSA made. However, how the law allows states to get that funding is very concerning. The article, is ESSA Retreat from Equity, points out that states are allowed to make their own indicators for measuring student progress, which affects how they qualify for funding, and since every state has different guidelines, funding may not be going where it is needed most. States are also able to hide the progress of underserved groups by combining the results with larger groups of advantaged students to give the appearance of overall student success, allowing them to use funding more freely than they should. Additionally, Laura Adler-Green, a children's rights lawyer, explains the law also took away the requirement for schools to obtain highly qualified teachers in order to receive funds. 
This removes the incentive for educators to get better in their field, which reduces the quality of education overall. For these reasons, I believe ESSA should be revised. It has some good qualities, I'll give it that, but the leniency states are given allows them the ability to abuse their power without proper oversight. A new solution can be allowing states to have more say in educational issues, such as how they make their curriculum, as long as they meet minimum federal guidelines that would give some level of equality across the country and only leaves room for states to make positive changes to education. To show you why a revised law would be beneficial, this is a story of what happened one time while volunteering as a mentor at Lenox Middle School for El Espejo. One of my mentees told me how much she loved her school, which stood out to me because upon first impression, I immediately felt like Lennox didn't offer much, but I told her she should love it anyways. I'm glad this girl felt this way, but that may be because she has never experienced going somewhere with better resources. This is why we must ensure that funding goes where it has to. This is more important now than ever before, as the pandemic has forced many students to either stop their education altogether or enjoy a more difficult way of learning. Anya Kamenitz from NPR explains that many students don't have access to technology or rely on school food, so this has caused pre-existing inequalities to become even more severe. All in all, inequality stems from many different economic, social, and even political factors. While it has done good things, ESSA still hasn't fixed many issues of NCLB, but efforts to improve education is very complicated. Ultimately, Fixing inequality requires both states and the federal government to be very dedicated in finding an effective and lasting solution. Thank you for listening.